Yankees. <laughs> yeah, but they were re- they they put them out again. They re-released them. <laughs> we were saying if it started, if it came out at all, it's going to be counts. Yeah. True. Yes. Is that the name for the decade, the 2010s? I'm telling Hegley. you, we need a new one. Yeah. Yeah, because like the, the aughts, we had the aughts. Yeah, I mean the aughts. I, the twenties. I never really bought into the aughts, even though yeah. I guess it's better than the just saying the year though. Well, yeah. I think it's it's still kind of new into the the century to say yeah. the tens. Yeah, right. Tens doesn't That's feel why right. I need something better. But yeah. do you, but but the thing is. You don't want to call it the 10s because then if you call it the 10s, you're going to want to call the 20s the 20s, and we're, the 20s are the 1920s. We're already doing that. Oh, what do the, the Roaring 20s has been tr- trending on Twitter for days. Yeah, it's the 20s. Really? Yeah, we're, I think we're far, we're far enough into well, the new decade, the new everyone wants to century. Joke, like Everyone's like, we should dress like the 20s. We should just bring the 20s back. Yeah. Well, eventually it will come back because it, it always does. Yeah. What we should do is just don't do Roaring but find another R. Raging. Raging 20s. Raging. Yeah. There you go. Ravaging. Oh. oh I like ravaging. The raucous. Raucous 20s. The raucous. Racist 20s. There we go. That's a step back. Is it though? <laughs> is it though? Well, yeah. it's Maybe it's a little on the nose. Yeah. That's what that is. Yes. <laughs> What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the geek nation? You're listening to Gotta Talk. Gotta Talk. I'm Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. The Thwip Tribble. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And I'm Brandon, a.k.a. Inspector Space Time Tribble. There he is. There you are. And here we are. It's the it's the, it's the the racist 20s. <laughs> it's the new hashtag no, racist 20s. No, no, no. Dude, don't start that. The raucous. Don't, the, uh, Wait, raucous. why not? It'll raucous. start an interesting conversation. I don't want that. That's not a conversation <laughs> I want to have going into 2020. No. no it's thank the you. new year. We're only going to have it for a few more years, and then we'll all be gone anyway. Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus. I'm Brandon. not in a good place, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a meme. I shared a meme the other day, and it was like um, the, the New Year's Eve 2020, and then three days after 2020, and one was Baby Yoda, and one was Old as Fuck Yoda, <laughs> just being like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Uh, here we are. I saw. Well, a meme. I don't know how long we're here for, but here we are. I saw one that's like, "My five-year plan is that we're all gonna die in three years, so it doesn't matter." Oh my god! <laughs> Who are you people? Ah. Jesus. Wars abound. I saw one. Uh, sorry, we're going to get off memes soon. I saw one that was like someone got kidnapped by the ghost of Christmas future, and they were happy because they're like, apparently we have a future. Cool. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, we are here to talk about anything we damn well please in the, the sphere <laughs> of, of pop culture and funds. True, but we do it at a comic book shop. We do. 4327 Main Street, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, um, you know you wanted to say Manny Young. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> I did not, though. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, we're going to get to, I think... <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a bit. That was just a weird cough. 2020 is off to an awful start. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I got enough lungs. It's all oh. in theme, though. It's going well. Um, we have, we're going to talk about our favorites of the... The 2010s. Yes. Yes, coming up shortly. But first, we've got letters. We've got letters? Oh, we've, we've got, got lots, lots and lots and lots and lots, lots of letters. letters. So, we actually have actually several letters. Wow. Um, Christopher Goodnight wrote us in. Christopher, we'll start Saint with, Saucy. We'll start Goodnight. with St. Saucy. Yes. What better way to start the year than with a letter from Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight? Hey, guys. While I enjoyed Crisis Infinite Earth, I didn't love it. 
I've never read the comic, so I can't compare, but I wanted more from the cameos. With Crisis on Earth X, they kept a huge cameo a secret, and I won't spoil it here in case you aren't caught up. With this one, there were news stories slash announcements every week and behind-the-scenes photos twice a day. That's true. I would have loved to have at least been surprised by one or two of the cameos, and none of them really had much weight. Ashley Scott looked good, but I would have loved to have heard slash seen Dina Meyer as Barbara slash Oracle. Mm. We hear, she was, sorry, we do hear her, though. Right, isn't she the one on the, she's the yes. Oracle, right? She's in the earpiece. Yeah. The Smallville bit, bit really, really good, but I wish it was more. Yes. Uh, I did love that Smallville bit. That's one, That was a perfect wrap-up. One of my favorite parts. The Lucifer stuff was good. Another one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so far, none of it has been quite as good as Crisis on Earth X. Is that the name of that crossover? Mm-hmm. Yes. Crisis yeah. on Earth X? Yes. And as much as I love Legends, I hated the meta stuff. The I promised my team no more crossovers, and there was one more line about crossovers from Sarah, but I can't recall it at the moment. Also, this version of Mick Rory slash Heatwave is from a different Earth? Why? If it's just so the voice of the ship can be Leonard Snart, then fine. But if it's so they can keep away the rest of the cast till the final two episodes, and so they can avoid crossing over in future seasons, then it makes me mad. That's probably what it is. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> also, Which, about the keeping them to the end. Yeah, it's just an excuse to not have them. Because, like in the Alien crossover, like the whole team got together, and Sarah was the only one from the Legends, and she was like, "Oh, we left the newbies on the ship." And it's like, oh, that's uh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, wasn't Ryan Choi gay in the comics? Not cool, CW. I don't know if he was. I looked gay it up originally. Was he? From what I can tell, he wasn't. But he was going to be like okay. it looks like his book maybe got canceled before it happened the revelation like re- yeah. re- revealed it okay as for gilmore girls len i would be pleased as punch if you started listening to the episodes there are several guests on the show who haven't seen the show except for the episode they review at least early on in the podcast i recommend listening to any of the live shows they did particularly the ones for atx festival their Wikipedia page is really expansive and detailed. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you to listen to their Gilmail Guys Volume 4. At the very end of the episode, they get a voicemail from a fan that is a version of the song American Pie that covers the podcast up to that point and gets some good digs at them. She updates the lyrics for the ATVX Festival. Well, that's all. Have a good day. Chris ain't saucy. Good night. Just kidding. Brandon, <laughs> I too enjoyed Greek you left out the most well-known member of the cast, Clark Duke. Hmm. Oh, and Len and JD, have you binged all of The Marvelous Miss Maisel Season 3? Thoughts? Question mark? Um, all right. Do you have anything to say about Greek? It's awesome. Clark Duke, yeah. He is. He's in a few things. It's just nothing I've seen. So I can... But I, yeah, he would probably be the most well-known of the cast. Okay. Well, and Spencer Grammer, who is Kelsey Grammer's like granddaughter. Oh, I did not know that. Leonard, yes. Len, are you going to check out Gilmore Guys? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that intrigued by Gilmore Girls. I show. love Gilmore Girls very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried Gilmore Guys. It was cute, but it just didn't hold me for right. whatever reason. Maybe I just 
prefer to be in the universe, uh, be in Stars Hollow, right. as opposed to listening to people talk about Stars Hollow. I just enjoy right. being in there. I don't need to do the full dig. Mm. Um, as uh, far as Marvelous Miss Maisel, my experience with Miss Maisel is every time it drops, including the very first pilot, mm-hmm. I watch the first episode and I go, I don't know. And then, for whatever reason, I continue, and then I go, oh, shit, it's real good. Right. Same season two, season three. I go, I don't know. Maybe this is the season I'm not going to like. So that's where I am with season three. I oh. watched episode one of season three, and I went, I don't right. know if I'm going to like this season. And then I have yet to go back to it because I've just been in Star Wars mode. Mm-hmm. So I have watched all of season three of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it is a show that can continues to delight. Oh, great. I, I like to hear it. I love that show. I um, I am unabashedly a fan of Alex Borstein, who plays Susie on that show, her manager. Uh-huh. She is, she is to die for, and she actually has a very interesting... I actually, to be fair, Mrs. Maisel and Susie both have separately interesting arcs. I love them both separately, In, yeah. in uh, season three, I, but I think Susie has more of an arc mm-hmm. in this one. Um, again, uh, Mrs. Maisel's parents are going through it. Yeah, yeah. Because they got to live with her in-laws, and that's hilarious. Um I liked it. Yeah. I, I still think, it, I mean, if I had to rank them, I think season two is probably the strongest. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was good. I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I got to say, one of my favorite parts of the show, I, was that in season one? It must be, right? Where she, you can, there's a whole sequence of her perfecting her tight ten. Yes. Is that season one or uh, season two? I think that's season two. Because season one is about her kind of like, whether or not she's going to be a comedian. Yeah, yeah. So and then when she decides, two. it's her like perfecting it. Yeah. I, I could have had a whole season of her perfecting her jokes and everything and working on her material because mm-hmm. less and it becomes less and less about her material. And then, right. which is like, that's kind of the whole show is becoming a comedian and how it is to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, what I liked about this season is that I thought, and as much as I did like season two, is that there were a few episodes where she basically went up and just did a whole comedy routine yeah. and she, there weren't as many of those performances uh-huh. um, in season three which made when they do show up that much more stronger oh, good. for me do you are you when she's up there doing her bits are you waiting for her to say the wrong thing and piss somebody off because I find myself a little stressed out mm. like as she's going because I'm like she's going to piss somebody off up there mm-hmm and then you know, sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. But Watch season okay, three. Okay, cool. I'm going to. I plan to. That's I all just, I'm going to say. Right. Watch season three. I do love Susie. Did, did she win an award? She might have. I'm not sure. If she hasn't, it's... it's she's great. Alex Borstein. Yeah, Alex Borstein. She's great. From um, She's Lois from um, Family Guy. and then In 2018, she won an award. Great. In, in 2019, she won Critics' Choice and Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, she's for wonderful. supporting. So yeah. so fun to watch. No, most definitely. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So thank you, Chris St. Saucy. Good night. We have another email. Happy New Year, duh. Yeah. This is from 10,000 Worlds. Oh, yes. Rodolfo. Rodolfo. This is called Crisis Interruptus. Ooh. Len. Yes. JD. Brandon. Hi. I hope this message finds you well. After hearing your episode about the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, I wanted to contribute my thoughts on that exuberant, over-the-top mess. 
On the one hand, I got well and truly fanserviced. Hmm. There was a lot to love seeing Burt Ward wearing Dick Grayson's sweater from 1966, walking the latest incarnation of Ace the Bat Hound, and yelling out, holy whatever, that gave me all sorts of warm nostalgia. I haven't seen much of Smallville since its first season, and nothing of Lucifer, so it took me a minute to recognize Tom Welling in his linebacker bod, but his whole <laughs> retired Superman scene was just plain charming. It was. Other little snippets and cameos from seeing that Earth 203's Huntress is still running over rooftops to seeing Earth X's Ray is still flying around fighting Nazis to seeing Star Trek's Will Wheaton playing a deranged doomsday prophet on Earth 38 all just added to my fun. On the other hand, if there was a plot to this thing, I lost it. I could have sworn I read the original comic when it first came out, but I was royally confused. I can't imagine what it was like for someone who never read the book. Stuff just happened. Surprise! Earth-38 has a secret anti-anti-monitor tower, which we will deploy minutes before it's too late. Surprise! The anti-monitor has an army of shadow demons with unknown powers ready to trash the just-revealed tower. Surprise! Oliver has an arrow that can neutralize the monitor, a.k.a. Captain Cryptic, for all the help he's been. <laughs> Why? How? No explanation. Then, when Lena Luther and Alex Danvers explain how they're going to send an armada of evacuating spaceships to another dimension using the worst I-know-how-to-Google-buzzwords reasoning that I've ever heard in decades of bad sci-fi, I decided I didn't really need explanations after all. It was at this point that I just sat back, shifted my brain into a lower gear, and let the weirdness wash over me. Unfortunately, my new... Zen-like state of acceptance only lasted long enough for me to realize that the Arrow versus writers all saw Avengers Infinity War, mm. thought it would be really cool to imitate that ending, and left us in a state of crisis interruptus until 2020. Will I watch the last two episodes when they come out next year? Sure. But right now I'm just going to put this whole mess out of my mind and start working on the first batch of holiday food. May you and yours have a wonderful holiday and an even better New Year. Rodolfo. Thank you, Rodolfo. What a yeah. wonderful email. Merry Christmas to everyone, too, since we yeah. missed that. We missed all of that. Yeah. I'm glad the crisis has come up because this gives me an opportunity on these recorded airwaves to <laughs> shout out what was really, truly my favorite part about that whole crossover. Go on. And that is once they hook up with Black Lightning and Black Lightning returns to with them to the Wavefinder or what a Wave Rider. Whatever wave Rider. The, yeah. Um and he he walks in there and in, in this sea of CW slash Caucasian whiteness uh -huh. of DC, he locks eyes. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say this part. <laughs> <He lo laughs> because because Brandon, as a brother, we you, yeah we all know it. We know it because he locks eyes. Um, and now I'm drawing a black on Diggle. Giggle on Diggle, and they both just kind of like. You, what's up? What's up? up? <laughs> to the other brother in the room. They don't say nothing. Yeah. It's from across the room. It's not even acknowledged <laughs> in any way except that you see it real quick on yeah. screen. But that was 100% one of the most truest moments <laughs> of this whole series. Loved it. I yeah. wonder who wrote that or if it was just ad libs. I yeah. guarantee it was written by Cress Williams <laughs> the yeah, star, when he walked was, on set. <laughs> when he walked on set and said, oh, there he is. What's up? What up? <laughs> I, yeah, I bet that wasn't. 
they probably took that from rehearsal. Yeah. They probably didn't even shoot that. Yeah. It was just when they actually saw each other. That was yeah. just real. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a brother on these shows. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Um, um, <clears throat> just to address, because I forgot to mention in the last email about Crisis, um, there were uh, cameos that weren't supposed to be spoiled. Like Lucifer, that was an accident. They didn't announce that one. I didn't know about that. That surprised yeah, me. I did. Yeah, wasn't it, was it like upsetting. somebody caught like a set photo? Yeah, or some guy like that? was. Some there's some people who like hang out around set trying to get stuff, so that was how that got like leaked. And also, they have said that they were filming like six cameos in the brick, so we will be getting stuff in the future two now episodes. Now that they got us, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they probably it's it's fair to say that they may have thought like um, even with the Lucifer thing because you know it got leaked, but you know sometimes leaks aren't really leaks. Mm-hmm. So um, who's to say that they figured. It will spoil whatever for the first part because we know we've got all of these other ones yeah. lined up for the last two. Yeah. So, you know. As far as the plot, I don't think it's that great, honestly. But I do think some of his um, complaints could be explained. But I don't know. Just like what you like. I don't feel like going through and yeah. explaining every little plot, like trying to fill every plot hole. Yeah. But yeah, I would say something. Some of those things could be explained if maybe you like rewatch it. But it doesn't really matter. I would like. I have been watching recently a, a web series on YouTube called Pitch Meeting. Oh, have you guys seen I've this? I've seen them before. Yeah, it's one dude, mm-hmm. and I, I I don't know if he's got a writing team or if he just does them all himself. But it's basically him talking to another version of himself that's wearing a different outfit. Yes. And one of them is pitching the script idea for the movie that has already come out and been released. Yeah. Um, and it really is just there to serve as a uh, breakdown of sort of all the nonsense that happens in movies and the mm-hmm. plot holes and all the things we just sort of go along with. But I would like to see a, a pitch version of that, yeah. of, of Crisis. Yeah. Um, the the comedian who's now in his 90s, uh, Bob Newhart, yeah. who was really big in the 60s and in the mm-hmm. 70s on television, um, he used to do a bit about he is an advertising agent, right? And um, I forget the guy's name, but let's say he's Doubleday. Um, Doubleday calls him about pitching the idea of baseball. Hmm. And so he's just telling him the rules of baseball. And he's like, so so there's four balls? Like, yeah. what's, what's four balls? Uh-huh. When he's like, um, wait a minute. So there's three strikes. There's four balls. Why is there only three strikes? Why can't we have five? Yeah. Because that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is exactly yeah, that's what this it's is. It's just like that. It's, oh, my God. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Rodolfo. Yes, Rodolfo. That was lovely. Happy we New also Year. have, as well as our letters, we have a voicemail. No, we don't. We do from Anthony. Anthony? Anthony. Oh, man. His, his name's Anthony. It's case. Anthony. I just. I'm, I know. I just want to. We should probably say his real his name. His actual once. name is Anthony. But Anthony. Yeah. Anthony. 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 Yeah. yeah. His mama called him Anthony. I'm telling you what the Guys, I want to tell you about one thing I've been reading and then get your tea. A few years ago, I decided to do my comic homework and started dipping into the Silver Age stuff. I read some of the Lee Kirby FF and the Barry Allen Flash from 1959. Mm. I didn't care for either of those. But this year, I've been reading from 1963, and JD, this is for you, the Marvel Spider-Man Masterworks, starting with Amazing Fantasy 15. And my review is that this stuff is good, still holds up, although it is very wordy. I was surprised by the real problems that Lee and Ditko give to one Peter Parker, 
His uncle dies and he has to help take care of his aunt. They have money issues. By the way, in 20 issues, Aunt May has been on her deathbed twice. He's got a school bully who loves Spidey and a newspaper editor who hates him. Public sentiment towards Spider-Man can flip on a dime. Peter often comments on why the FF are considered heroes, but not Spider-Man. Peter starts dating Betty Brant, and Liz becomes interested, all while his aunt is trying to set him up with the neighbor's niece. What was her name? Mary Jane something. The book has a continuity to it. Peter's successes and failures follow him from issue to issue. I'm not really qualified to talk about the art other than I love it. I'll let you comment on it. I've been really enjoying these and I'm going to keep reading. As for you, I'd like to know what are your takes and experiences with the comics of the Silver Age. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful, you know, it's so, it's so well done that I have to wonder, did he type all that out ahead <laughs> of time and he's just reading it? Either way, it's lovely and I love it. Thank you so much. Um, I, I was talking to Brandon about this earlier before the show began, and uh, as a longtime Spider-Man fan, I have been curious to see how current readers respond to something older. Mm. I read the Kirby, not Kirby, um, Stan Lee, Ditko, Amazing Spider-Man stuff when I was in my 10s, right? And um, to me, it was wonderful, and I've never seen anything like it, and, and it spoke to me in a very specific way. But I'm also aware as an adult that going back and reading Silver Age stuff is a pain for me to do. Yes. And I wonder, am I, am I just, am I wearing rose, spidey-colored glasses hmm. when I go back and reread this stuff and I enjoy it as much as I used to? Or is it something that people fr- you know, currently can go back and enjoy now? Right. So I'm glad to hear that new readers are yeah. reacting the same way I was as a child. Um, that being said, other Silver Age stuff, I have. I, I love I love the Flash. And even going back and reading some of the old Flash stuff is it's just so rough. verbose and silly and over the top. Yep. Um, and, and it feels very just, we're just making stuff up as we go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How, how did you guys feel about Silver Age stuff? Well, Silver Age stuff, I don't... Have you even read a lot of Silver Age, Brandon? Uh, well, I read The Death of Gwen Stacy, which I don't know if that's Silver Age, but... Uh, I didn't probably imagine, near the end of Silver Age, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't love it. And I think I was talking to JD about. It, I think it's because since I knew what was coming already, I think I was a little more critical of like how the story was told. Okay, and so I might, that might have wended to why I didn't like it so much. But I also read Crisis, and I think that was Silver Age. No, Crisis no? is not Silver Age. Oh, never That's mind. Bronze Age. Yeah, Silver Age is too Silver many Age metals. Is like the the mid to late fifties into the seventies. Ah. That's Silver Age. Yeah. So it would just be death so you're of Really just the death of uh, Gwen, Gwen Stacy, Stacy. which, yeah. like I said, is decidedly towards the end of the Silver Age. Some would yeah. say that I think that's one of those... Um, markers? Markers that people use as the end of the Silver Age. There I might be that. more, but yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Because that's, that's like cool. late 60s, yeah. I believe. Oh, is or it? maybe it's early seventies. Like early seventies. Right? So, so yeah. So that yeah. So I think that's one of the like the the changeover. Hmm. Um, who knows? It could have that. Might, that would make sense if that was like one of the things that started the change. Like crisis kind of started the change to the other one. Nineteen seventy three. Oh yeah. So so hmm. yeah. That, you might have been just right in the right in the midst of the changeover because I think. One of the, the true markers, or at least the, the biggest marker of the, the switch to the Bronze Age, is the Green Lantern and Green Arrow 
whole um, switch with Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams and they're doing like all these relevant comics and stuff like that and I think that's early 70s as well so I think that's kind of like considered like the the big start of the Bronze Age Mm -hmm. Um, but Silver Age I've read a lot of Silver Age because I'm you know a little bit older Um, and I do recognize that the Marvel comic books especially in the superhero realm certainly read so much better than Mm -hmm anything DC like there's not really one piece of DC that you can hold up against Marvel comics at that time as far as returning to them you can return to it for nostalgia's sake but Superman Superman was really kind of lost in the sauce he didn't know what he wanted to to be Batman was starting to kind of like change over but the the late 50s early 60s Batman is fighting like like almost like uh, crooks and criminals and yeah. still and, and I even think he may have been dabbling in space yeah. it's not until like the mid 60s when Neil Adams comes in mm. where he Batman really starts returning to his darker roots mm. um, and the rest of DC like you read Silver Age Justice League ugh ugh Brutal. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. It is brutal. That's why Spider-Man popped. Just like he said, the just the relatability of Peter Parker in the midst of still having superhero adventures, even though you know the second he takes off his costume, he doesn't have a dime to his name yeah. and the rent is due. And like he said, and Aunt May ain't getting a job. Because <laughs> she is in the bed. Yeah. I mean, I think she I think she's Starts the comic on Death's Door, <laughs> you know, like Uncle Ben di- died. It's like not Uncle Ben, maybe May, but yeah. not Ben. Ben was like robust, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he was just walking, just caught a caught an L. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so that's why Marvels just reads so much better. Yeah. You know, I can understand even him trying to read Lee and Kirby Fantastic Four because that does dig into like that pseudo science type of stuff. Yeah. And if like you're not with that. Maybe that can be a little bit over your head, yeah. but at its core, at its core, it still is about a family. It's still about the thing not wanting to be the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's still about um, Reed and Sue and Sue being this put upon woman, even though it's not real. That's not really addressed till later in the sixties. Um, Marvel just reads so much better than uh, DC Silver yeah. Age stuff. It's it's not even a, a, a question. So I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I always love that stuff. It's some of my favorite stuff. Yeah, that's some that's some good stuff. If I had to suggest to him just like, you know, going back to the Silver Age and something else that he may want to visit from that time, um I don't even know. I would say like some later 60s Batman, like once Neil Adams gets in there. Oh, yeah. That really, and, and Rachel Ghoul gets introduced and stuff like that. And that might be even closer to like the 70s. But um, the only other thing I could say, like, uh, wow, Iron Man was doing some, some interesting stuff there. Because um, he was kind of in a way playing off the trope of being a millionaire, uh, but also a superhero. Um Daredevil was also good. Hulk. Hulk was pretty good. Read some some early Hulk. Hulk, You want to talk about some tragic stories. There you go. Um, I'm looking to see when Neil Adams first started on uh, Batman. 
369 or 370, but that doesn't tell me the year. The year? Yeah. Because I didn't realize, did you say 60s? He was working out in the 60s? I, th- I want to th- say he started like in the late 60s. 19th, March 1970. Um, okay. First, uh, first collaboration on Batman, um, issue number 397, March 1970. So, with a short Batman backup story. Okay, okay. So he, his career started in the late 60s. Because yeah. I think he started on like Dead Man first. Yeah. Yeah, That's and his Dead Man stuff was like, whoo. He yeah. just recently went back and did a whole Dead Man series yeah, that I'm never going to read. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Don't, anything current, Neil Adams? Not for me. No. So I'm not the, nope. No. <laughs> Um, all right, we have. Should we do one more email? I or think we should, had. Didn't we have an email from uh, Pink, Pink Apocalypse? Apocalypse. Heck yeah, yeah, we, we haven't do. heard from her from a long time. So uh, we had an email from Pink Apocalypse. I was very excited to read it, uh, but I did not look ahead. So now that I'm scrolling through, I'm seeing it's quite an email. You can see that it's quite a scroll. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, we're thinking it's Star Wars related. Yes. Maybe we'll just do it next time, and it'll be. The show. It'll be exactly the show. It'll be Star Wars, the Pink Apocalypse version. So we're going to set aside an entire episode of Gutter Talk just for Pink Apocalypse email. And not because it's long so much, but because it is very interesting because she has, as she says in the beginning, a lot to get off her chest Uh in regards to the entire saga of Star Wars. The so that Skywalker saga. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be very interesting to explore. I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's move on to it's 2020, which means that is the start of the new decade. And it is because, you know, there's all these people who are like, no, it doesn't start till 2020. No, it's 2020. It's the new decade. Yeah. 1990 was not the 80s. Right. It's the new decade. I never understood that. I don't get it. Well, I don't know. OK, um, <laughs> so we thought we would count down. I don't know, countdown, count up, whatever. We're going to discuss our top five movies, TV, and comics of the 2010s. Is it called the 2010s? It is now. Yeah, it is until we get something new. Nothing else to call it. No, it's sad. Mm. I got to stop. I'm going to stay on topic after this. It's sad (laughs) that because we had Generation X... After that, they just kept going. So then we got Generation Y, y. and then Generation Z. Yeah. So, like, are they saying we're done? Yeah, <laughs> no more generations. Well, are they... Who, which is Generation Z? Z is, like, after, like, 2010-ish, I think. Yeah. So they're babies. Well, right. But they're not... I mean, is that it, Glenn? <laughs> are we not going to have any more babies in, like, 10, 20 years? Well, aren't you all still just I, millennials? No. Yeah. No, millennials is, is before... It's Generation right? Y. Yeah. So, wait, whoa, whoa. Okay, so Generation Y is AKA Millennials. Yeah, yeah. So Generation Z, well, they got to come up with an AKA. Which they, they have it. Come, well, because they're only ten years old. No, they have it. Zoomers. Zoomers with an X or a Z? With a Z, because there's came Generation Z. Who came Millennials. Up with <laughs> Th- then they didn't come up with it. It doesn't. Okay, but either can't way, come up with what the next. Generation but what about is. in twenty years? What about after the Generation Z is the real question. We've got to find out. The same way as I was growing up, when there was um, classic rock, mm-hmm. and then I was listening to Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Rancid and all that stuff, and I was like, well, what happens to classic rock? Does the music I'm listening to now become classic rock? And if so, what, did, what does classic rock become? Oldies? How does this work? And then what yes. do oldies become? <laughs> They say oldies. No. I think oldies is the retirement home of music. Oh, I see. So oldies is now, does Led Zeppelin still count as oldies? No. Right? No. That's what I'm no. saying. Oldies Classic is like is Mr. It? Sandman. So in rock and roll, 
everything, you know, keeps progressing backwards or digressing backwards or however that would go. Just like we do. To classic rock. <laughs> I see. All right. So it all it, the stopping point is classic rock. So now Rancid is classic rock as is uh, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. Exactly. Fuck and, and within the realm of classic rock, there are, you know, just then you just go by years. You know, I gotcha. 60s, 50s, because, 50s, because you know, uh, rock and roll is classic That's rock. That's true. We are just calling music by their decades now. Like, right. oh, I love 90s music. I love 80s music. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Okay. Hey, let's talk about uh, the topic at hand. You Yay. Let's do that. How about that? Um, so uh, let's start with our favorite movies of the 2010s. Who we're wants to go first? We're going to do top five, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's only doing five a piece, right? Yep. How do we want to do Do we want to just say each, like, all five at once? Or do we want to go, like, each of us five and then four and then three and then two and then one? Uh, let's go five, four, three, two, one. What does that does mean? Does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah, what? You'll each do five? No. Oh. No, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll, do, like, we'll each do our whole five? I was thinking, like, maybe one apiece. But we can okay. just do That's the whole That's what five. I just yeah. asked. <laughs> Holy cat. Ask the question. Right. Brandon, what is your number five? Oh, boy. Oh Jesus! Christ. I thought of them, but I didn't think of an order. Well, they don't have to be a ranking. It's just you, okay. Yeah, these are your five. Yeah, these this are is going to be. This five. is my number one, but I'll say it as five. About time. Ah, Love the time movie. travel story starring Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason and yeah. Rachel McAdams and Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie? Mm-hmm. She's in it for a bit. No kidding. Yep. And Bill oh, Nighy. Yeah, Bill Nighy. I love Bill Nighy. Um, What's that movie about? So. It is about so there's in the, in this family, the men for some reason when they go into a dark room and close their eyes they can time travel, hmm. and this guy decides he wants to use it to get a girlfriend, and that's the first half of the movie is him like he gets a girlfriend, and it's nice. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, is but this a comedy? Sort of the dramedy. I would say okay. yeah, dramedy because it gets it gets real serious later on, mm-hmm. and it's just a really quaint. British story. It also deals a lot with family. Like he's got a sister, and mm. he's got he's really close to his sister and really close to his mom and his dad. And so it follows not just his relationship, but with the girl, but also his relationship with his family. And by the end, it's more of a family story than a romantic story, honestly. Yeah. And it's just a really sweet story about like a good way to live life. Because even though he has time travel, he doesn't use it to like get money or fame or anything. He just uses it for just this simple purpose yeah. of getting the girl. Is that why it spoke to you so highly? Because you've said it was your your favorite movie of the 2010s. It's my favorite movie ever, I've decided. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was thinking about it a few days ago. I think it because it's just, it's really like sweet and simple. Mm-hmm. And even though it has like this big element of time travel, it uses it in such a small way. Okay. And, and there's really no like villain. That. Yeah, there's no villain. There's no real like conflict. It's just sometimes people make bad decisions, but not like huge wrong decisions just like oh. when you're a kid sometimes you do the wrong thing and he tries to yeah. like help his sister out and stuff also if you've ever seen um doctor who the person who i think wrote it wrote vincent and the doctor oh okay oh cool about I, time i i also really like that movie too. yeah i love it it's wonderful um you know it's one of those movies you can't think about too hard otherwise it all crumbles yeah mm-hmm. um you certainly can't think about the misogyny of what's happening, mm. uh, otherwise it crumbles. But those things aside, <laughs> it's a lovely little story that I like to watch. The person <laughs> and my wife loves it as well. The person who wrote it also wrote yesterday, which I think has a very similar ah. has similar problems. Where like yeah. if you think about it too hard, it doesn't really yeah. work. 
Yesterday, um, that's the the, the Beatles. Like, yeah. What yeah. if the Beatles music didn't exist? Movie, right? Yep. Which I've also I've often had that sort of fantasy about when the Beatles I was a, not existing. With the, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the when Beatles. When I was a teenager, of like, what if I went back in time? Would I be able to recreate the some of the songs, my favorite mm. songs, as a guitar? You know, I used to play the guitar and sing. Can I, I just go back and like be Nirvana before Nirvana was Nirvana? Could I just preemptively Nirvana? You know what I mean? Um, so I've been curious about that movie, but not curious enough to watch it. Uh, Len, what's your number five? Mine, well, my number five, and again, I didn't put them in any type of order, um, but first one I want to give love to is Pixar's Inside Out, ah. um, which tells the story of basically this young girl who is dealing with uh, a change in her family. They've moved to a new town and, and what that means for her life. Um, and at the same time, but this movie is, the story is told by way of her emotions um, who are going through trauma of their own. It's a beautiful story. It's funny. It's imaginative. It is um, touching. It it continued Pixar's streak of getting me crying in a movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just all that and then some. It, it's, and it is one of Pixar's as imaginative as it is, it's probably one of their more understated stories. And for that reason, I think one of their most rewarding and timely and one of the ones that that wears the best um every time you go back to it i i i love that movie i've only seen it the once in the theaters and i did like it um and uh i definitely want to revisit it but i remember being impressed mm-hmm. by the message of just some just you know sad's okay you yeah, can be it's okay sad. to be sad you use all of your emotions you know in you know, sparingly or, you know, appropriately. Right. I think it was a nice message. Um, my number five is Gone Girl. Oh, wow. Which is a movie based on a novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the movie first. Uh, I had no interest really in seeing it because it had Ben Affleck in it and an actress that I didn't really know. It was not like the, the cast was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. But I wound up watching it for whatever reason, and I was blown away by the storytelling and sort of how things change mm-hmm. in that film. Uh, I, I saw it and I was like, oh, it's, look, his, a guy killed his wife. All right, cool. Says he doesn't do it. Did he do it? I don't know. Who cares? And then I watched it. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it so much that I went out immediately and got the book so that I could read the book it was based on. Oh. So, um, and I enjoyed that just as much as I enjoyed the movie, despite knowing everything that happens from the movie. So, um, yeah, I thought both held up really well. And I just like, I like a good thriller with a good twist. Mm-hmm. I hate giving away that there's a twist, but I'm sure everyone knows. There's by a little now. bit of a twist there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's mine. I like that a lot. I did like Gone Girl. I I found myself, um, I can hit or miss with Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. but uh, if I remember correctly, Neil Patrick Harris is in that movie. He is. Yes. And yeah. When he turns up, I'm like, I, this guy's a delight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not so much in this movie. Yes. He's, yeah. But I just I, I like seeing him and stuff. He's always yeah. so smart. And yeah. I like I love his acting choices. Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 to be honest, the movie kind of like like lit up for me when he came on. Yeah. I was like, All right. No. I forgot he was even in it. But yeah. Do you, hey, Kristen. Hey. Kristen are is you, in the building. Kristen, are you sick? You sound sick. 
I am sick. <laughs> Do you want to give us your number five movie of 2010s? My num my number five movie of 2010. It's so specific. Um, There's a whole decade to choose from. Do you have one at the top of your head? Can Can you circle back to me for number four? Sure. <laughs> Brandon, what's your number four? I think my number four is going to be a weird one. It's called The First Time, and it oh. came out in 2012. It felt indie when I watched it, but I don't think it is. Um, it's a drama about a kid. He's in high school and he meets a girl and they, they both have never had sex before. And they're thinking about maybe making each other their first time. And it's like about how when you're in high school, how like important that feels and like how... That's your whole world. Yeah. And the movie, it's interesting because it only really takes place over like a weekend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's about them and it's just a night. It's really just a sweet little kind story. That's not not really describe anything, but (laughs) it was a nice, it's a nice story and it feels really small, which I really like. It feels like, I mean, it's just about these two characters for the most of the movie. It's just them in different situations talking and stuff. And I really liked it. Okay. It stars Britt Robertson and Dylan O'Brien. The first time. Yeah. So, so far your movies have been about time. Yeah. And the first time. Now I should change all mine to be about time. <laughs> I've no. literally never heard of this movie. <laughs> Me neither. Okay. I only saw it on a whim because I heard Victoria Justice was in it, who I really liked from Victoria um, Justice. Mm-hmm, she was in, she was in a lot of Nickelodeon shows. Oh, I don't and know. I heard she was in it, and I was excited. And she's barely in it, but I ended up really liking it. Nice. She was in it enough for you. Nah, she wasn't. I wish she was in it more. Honestly, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Am I next? You're next. What's your I number four? My number four. I can't help it. It's still in the world of animation. And I anticipate this being somewhere on one of your lists, but I'm going there first. And I'm sorry. It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, you son of a bitch. Because that movie was bonkers. Yeah. As far as an uh, animation fan, it was the first time. It's the first time since probably uh, the first Toy Story that I felt there was something really new done in animation Mm -hmm. um, that just leapt off the screen, took me away, took me into the world of animation. And it was also probably the first time, if I'm being honest, I truly felt like almost a comic book was coming to life on the screen, Um, along with his homages to comics, like the whole Kirby crackle and everything and like panels jumping up and and, and, um, uh, caption boxes and everything. to this being the story of, yes, a superhero of color, um, decidedly in a world of, of, of multiple colors as far as the, the casting and the voice casting, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the boldness of the choices in, in, the, in the character designs and in the direction of it to just drop you into this universe and just um, relying that the audience will ride with you and they will catch up as mm-hmm. long as the storytelling is clear they will understand like no this is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and we're going to be introducing yes two other Spider-Mans in here we're going to introduce a Spider-Pig we're going to introduce a Spider-Gweg Spider-Gwen we're going to introduce a Kingpin that is the size of the movie screen and yet it will still all make sense uh 
Aunt May is a beast in this movie. <laughs> Who knew that Aunt May had a hidden Alfred inside of her? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just everything about this movie just clicked on all cylinders, and yet it still did not lose the protagonist in the midst of all of this, which was Miles Morales. So it was fantastic. And to me, un, uh, as far as in the movies, it is the best thing I saw in regards to comic books and superheroes in the 2010s. 100%. It was on my list as well, uh, so I'm going to jump ahead to that. Um, Sorry, J.D. No, no. It's not like they were in order. Um, Yeah, everything you said, plus it brought me one of my favorite albums of the 2010s, which was the soundtrack. I was just listening to it on the way here. It's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I think two of my favorite soundtracks of the 2010s are Black Panther and Into the Universe, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Um, and there's so many things about this movie that should have just shut it down. Yep. Uh, all of those things that you mentioned, like the size of the kingpin, um, so the fact that we have so many different characters to juggle at once, um, different universes, and I, I, I was flabbergasted. Because when we first saw it, you remember, we were at my real my first store, my real small shop, and we were crowded around. We first saw the trailer. Oh, I yeah, remember that. we saw the trailer, and we put it on, and we were like, yo. <laughs> Yo. I think that's kind of all we said was yo. Yup. And we all went, uh-huh. Um, so, and yeah, my my excitement for that from that first trailer never deteriorated. Nope. It only grew until it finally showed up, and the entire film I had a, a, a smile on my face. I loved it. And I don't think that people give enough credit to the fact that a, really, a superhero movie has won an Academy Award mm-hmm. because that was the Academy Award winner of Best Animated Movie that um, year. When Suicide Squad won for Best Costume. <laughs> so, no, but the, Ouch. <laughs> yes, but the film itself. Also, Dark Knight. The film itself. Oh, the, not, oh I see. The not, film not itself the actor. was not celebrated. You. You're right. Kristen, we're back to you. Did, did you think of something? You're looking at my screen to spy. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. Um, I'm going to arbitrarily go with um, uh, Isle of Dogs. Oh, I've heard that was really good. Yeah. Um, Wes Anderson is just pretty much my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like anything he does is gold to me. But then, then he made um, a movie that was like all about dogs, which is, you guys know, it's like my other favorite thing on the face <laughs> of the earth. <laughs> So Isle of Isle of Dogs is okay. where it's at for me. Now I don't know what it's about. I, I know it's a, it's a, it's a China, <laughs> Japan, Japan, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Japan, doggies. Doggies are actually being exterminated. Yeah. Yep. There's this policy that passes, and then you know, doggies are exterminated, and then the, or they've been sent off to this island. Oh. The Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I've pieced it together. That's where the plot thickens. Oh, shit. <laughs> I have yet to see it. Uh, I will put it on my list. I wasn't sure. I think um, I have only limited capacity for Wes Anderson films. Uh, I really like. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there. Um, kind of like. We can leave. We can leave my store, you can leave yeah. store and, and our show. <laughs> um, what was the uh, What was the one I really? Oh, the Royal Tenenbaum. 
Oh, that was yeah. my favorite one of his. And then everything I saw after that, I was like, well, this isn't as good as the Royal Tenenbaum, so why am I here? Uh, oh, did he do the Fantastic Mr. Fox? He did, yeah. I that did one like I loved. That. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Darjeeling Limited. And I did Grand like that Budapest. one, too. Okay, so all right, maybe. And uh, uh, Life Aquatic. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. Um, I, I just, yeah, no, I mean, just I can even just <laughs> and just start, you know, shrimp gumbo. <laughs> Where, yeah. <laughs> um... All right, Brandon. See, si, senor. You're number three. My number three. Numero tres. Is that what we're doing now? I'm going to switch it up because most of mine are romantic comedies. So I'm going to switch it up and not say one. Social Network. Wow. I really loved it. Really? Yeah. Why? Love that movie. Tell me more. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I just like, I like the cinematography. I like the acting. I love everything about it. It is why I have a Facebook account. I watched it and I was like, that's so cool. And now I can have the thing. <laughs> so I went that night. I went yeah. home. Yeah. When I got it, all of my friends already had it and had had it for years. Yeah. And we're moving off of it. But I was like, it's so cool. Oh. And then it, I got it. I'm like, it doesn't look like the movie. So like, and as I've seen the film, uh-huh. and I remember thinking, David Fincher? David Fincher, why are you directing a movie about Facebook? What the fudge, Sickles? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched it and I went, nobody in this movie is likable. Yeah. I, I found it interesting mm-hmm. in the same way, because I'll tell you, I just finished last night a uh, similar story, um, Sil- Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. six seasons on HBO. Oh yeah! Wonderful, <coughs> hilarious show. Uh, a little repetitive after a couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah I gave up I, after. Yep. The, think the second. Season. Um, like, oh no, there's a virus. Oh, we fixed it. Oh no, this isn't working. Well, we fixed it. And yeah. it's like, oh, they get they get everything they ever wanted, and then the last episode they screw it up and yeah. they got to start over. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit like uh, what was that show? Um, oh, what was the show about the the actor and his boys? Um, entourage. Oh, entourage. Entourage. It's a little entourage to me. Yeah. Um, but I, we just finished it up last night. And um, similar thing of like the people in it just it does not shine a very favorable light on the people in tech. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's still enjoyable to watch. Um, yeah. So I yeah, just love I, that movie. I like the movie, but it's, I, I watched it once and I went, oh, I got it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I hear from you a, a lot of times that you, you know, say, oh, I watched that once and whatever your feelings are of that of that movie are, you know, encapsulated. Those are your 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 feelings yeah and it doesn't sound like you return to a lot of films is that true i rewatch films constantly i have a very a huge seat uh dvd and blu-ray kids ask your grandparents what those things are uh collection mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll go through and rewatch stuff all the time okay sometimes but- i watch them so much i rewatch things so much that i go am i wasting my time just rewatching this thing i've already watched tough i'm doing it Okay. Oh, while well, Kristen is nodding her head, <laughs> I saw that. I am wasting my life. Okay, but but even films that you have seen, like let's say in 2010, mm-hmm. like how many of them would you would you say that you've seen? Some of, of the films that we were, mm-hmm. I've watched five. The, um, how many of them have you watched more than twice? All of them. Okay. All right. Fair. No, I lied. Gone Girl. I've only watched twice. Okay. What about Spider Man? Into well, the Spider-Verse? Oh, the, uh, oh I, right. I remember watched, I walked in and you were watching it. You watched that while you showered. Yeah. yeah. I watched that a bunch. Um, so, uh, Moonlight. My movie ah. is Moonlight. Um, I it, it loved that movie uh, by Barry Jenkins. Um, I loved the fantastic way of exploring 
black masculinity through a queer love story Mm -hmm. um, and throughout the ages in this movie um, and the deconstruction of that of that romance um, as well as black masculinity. I think that it's a movie that is very challenging for um, for everyone, but especially for black men. And I appreciate that because I think more movies should be challenging um, to them. Um, uh, I think it's a movie that is a rail against toxic masculinity um, as well as homophobia as all in the midst of like what I said is a beautiful production wise as well as storytelling wise beautiful story Um, I've seen that movie uh, several times and it's one of the last DVDs that I've purchased oh no kidding Um, it was just really great and it's a movie that people should um definitely watch if you haven't yeah we had gotten around to it we watched it sushan and i and we loved it um we got emotional (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and i was also there's another thing where it's something i enjoy by itself but then taking a step back and being impressed that it was made to begin with um like wow the fact that this even exists and is out there is i think speaks volumes to um where we are and where we could go yep um as far as dealing with masculinity and on all those sorts of things these questions that i've had for a long time um I, i'm excited to see them expressed um i actually have a meme that here i just shared the other day um kyla d mosley or is the name of the person can i ask y'all some serious questions why <laughs> i feel weird um, i'm just gonna read it as it is why y'all be saying y'all want a man that cooks and cleans but you don't you won't buy your son a play kitchen and play broom why do you want boys to understand girls' bodies and the power of no, but you won't let them play with dolls? Why y'all be spending all your paycheck on Ralph Lauren, Tom Ford, and Michael Kors, but won't buy your son a sewing machine? Why y'all be out here falling all over yourself at Chris Brown's tired dance moves, but your son can't be in dance class? Why y'all tell your sons to stop crying and be a man, but will beg a 30-year-old man to be more sensitive? Y'all spend so much energy making sure your sons don't grow up gay, whatever that means, versus raising a cultured, tolerant, and respectful individual. And I, we could have a whole show on this. It, great. I love yeah. this. This yeah. is wonderful. That, yeah. It's, that's really cool because I actually got into a bit of a conversation about that over the holidays. Um, my nephew, my 38-year-old nephew, um, as we were hanging out over the holidays, uh, he would, you know, it was, it was all family there and he was there with his son who is four um and his four-year-old was running after the rest of the kids in my family and decidedly the rest of my kids and the rest of the kids in my family are girls Mm. so he was running after them and he loves them Mm. and 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 for the most part they you know kids nowadays you know i find more often than not when they're by themselves they're playing with their dolls but when they're together they're just running around mm-hmm. just being knuckleheads yeah. but it's but because these kids have been around all were around together all day eventually they did settle down and start playing with their dolls and William his son started playing with the dolls with them but because he was over their house they didn't ha- he didn't have his like action figures right, yeah. he was fine he was absolutely fine running around with, I think he had like a Barbie and a Ken or something like that. And How old is the kid again? Four. Great. And his father 
was having a little bit of problem. He like grabbed it from the table. Man, you don't play with that. I was like, dude, he can play. If that's what he wants to play with, let him play with it. He's playing with his his cousins. He's having fun. It, it he's fine. Don't don't be there. Don't go there, man. Now, my nephew, his father, is progressive enough that he recognized that in himself and was accepting of it and it was cool. Ah. But <laughs> um, and he was like, ah, yeah, you're right, um, you know, it's cool. And and he also recognized, but he also recognized that his knee jerk reaction was as much of just a response to how he's been conditioned and raised mm-hmm. because of his father. Yeah. And and his father, you know, God God rest the dead, my my brother in law Gary, um, was decidedly homophobic. You know, like mm-hmm. unabashedly so. Um, and he he recognizes that. In himself, uh, and I think that's the that's where it first has to happen. Mm-hmm. You've got to recognize that there's a bit of that in you. I know that. I don't think I was ever really truly homophobic in any type of way. I, you know, I I think being like quote unquote a creative, you're introduced to maybe a more rounded, you know, community. For sure, for sure, (laughs) The average person. So I was, you know, I was there. I was cool with it. Um, But I I did recognize where homophobia was in some of my family and was not above, like, you know, calling them on it. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately still have to. But that's where it starts. Uh, The film itself, uh, how do you feel it's been received? Oh, I know that there are brothers that hate that. Film. Yeah, is it? There's a back. I never heard of a backlash or anything. Oh well, I don't think it will reach your ears. Yeah. but there there are brothers like hate that movie. Um, mm. at the time, like at the time that 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 came out, um, that was a film like if it will if it was on at the barbecue. Um, then that was that had to get changed. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it was not going to be on at the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, to be fair, it's not really a party film to have. You know, what I mean, having it on at a place where there's a bunch of people, it's not like, hey, everybody, let's gather around and <laughs> watch, watch Moonlight. Like, mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, <laughs> see, but but you say that, but if. I could see as a party, as most parties do, especially if it's like a family gathering, kind of like, you know, die down later into the evening. Yo, and sometimes you like sit, settle in front of the television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. That's a movie that can spark a, a good conversation mm-hmm. if you're open to it. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that aren't open to it. Understood. Know? So, yeah. I was just curious. Um, what do we do? Uh, sure. It's on you. What, the number three? Yep. Avengers. Um, I oh I, the Avengers, the Avengers. Okay, I know it's a, it's a, it's it's old at this point. It's a little played out at this point. Bigger and better things have come along since then. Mm-hmm. But as I was thinking about the 2010s and some of my favorite movie going experiences, you know, I talked earlier about Into the Spider Verse and how I had a big dopey smile on my face. Yeah, I tuned into my own facial features about halfway through the Avengers, and I <laughs> I said if someone was looking at me right now, they'd have a problem. They. The, the, something's wrong with me. Um, I just had a dopiest smile, and I was having such a good time, and unabashedly laughing, and and I felt tingles. Um, 
in my body because I was so excited, you know? Right. Um, I just loved seeing all of those characters that I grew up loving. First of all, coming out in their own single feature films and being like, oh, shit, the Iron Man movie? Why did we make that? That's weird. All right, that's great. Holy shit. Um, oh, there's Thor? Oh, all these, all these dudes. And then they all came together, and it was Joss Whedon, who at the time was one of my favorite guys because uh, I grew up watching Buffy and Angel and Firefly, and I loved all that, mm-hmm. and his comics. So, yeah, seeing all those dudes come together... Um, I thought it was wonderful, and uh, it was one of my favorite experiences of of that time period. Yeah, the Avengers was was uh, it was all that. Yeah, it was, it was one of the movies where you like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God bless Marvel because Marvel gave you uh, more than a few moments of that. Like you know, you single out the Avengers, but you could easily single out Black Panther. Yeah, you know, you could do either Endgame or in, mm-hmm. in which Endgame, which I just rewatched again last night. Man, that movie's good. Yeah, I haven't revisited since it's been out in of the theaters. The theater. Oh, that movie's so good. I probably saw it three times in the theaters. I think I saw it twice in the theaters, yeah. but I watched it again last. That movie's really good. It's so fun. I, I was just, I forgot how joyful it is when um, it's such a magic moment when Paul Rudd. Um, goes home. <laughs> well, no, when he goes home and sees yeah. his that his daughter, he's like grown daughter. You got so big. Yeah. And he just gives us a big song. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And to think that this superhero movie, admittedly, they knew they had three hours to work with, but took the time mm-hmm. to give you that moment yep. in that film. Oh, my God. And another great moment of that was just a simple thing of Tony Stark and... Um, Morgan? Not Morgan. Um, Pepper? No, in the beginning with uh, Robot Girl. Oh, Nebula. Nebula. Them just playing a paper football. Oh, yeah. And she wins. She's like, ooh, that was fun. Yeah, I want want, want to play again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, But did you like the original Avengers? The topic at hand? (laughs) I did like the original Avengers. I love the original Avengers. It's such a a fun movie. Mm -hmm. The only only thing. Bad part about the original Avengers is Captain America's costume. I can't oh, like to that costume. Yeah. Helmet. Yeah. The 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 it's like, it's like it's more like like straight like leotards yeah. and it's just like ugh, wow. Not so much. But but everything yeah. else about it is like like yeah because that's the first time that you get. That's the first time that you get a uh, Mark Ruffalo as a Hulk. Yeah. And I was like yo right. he was he was yeah that he's real changed since then. He has. Yeah. I liked him more in that one. Yeah. Um. Brandon, what's your number two? My number two, let's go with Marriage Story. I haven't really seen it. it. I know everyone's talking about it. Really like and it. And what I've heard is don't watch it with your wife. Or That's a dumb love. thing to say. Yeah. The only people who shouldn't watch it with their wives are people who are cheating on their wives. Oh, shit. Like, it's there's nothing, you're not necessarily cheating, but like, there's nothing I think inherently wrong with watching it with your wife as mm-hmm. long as you guys are good. Like, yeah, okay. If it, it might bring up. If you guys have underseated issues that you haven't brought up with each other, then maybe don't, don't watch it. Yeah. But aside from that, I think it's totally fine. Okay. Tell, but yeah, well, I really I, liked it. It's, do um, I want to know what the plot is, or should I just go you in? Could, the plot is that it's about two people getting a divorce. Oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. that is what the movie is about. Oh, and right. they have a but son. But it's called a marriage story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, I think you know, they would call our, it a divorce story, but all right. <laughs> yeah. And they have, um, they have a son who's like probably like in elementary school, and so it's about who gets custody mm-hmm. and like... The main crux of it is that she ends up moving back to live with her mom for a little bit, but then it's like, well, is he going to get custody? Because he lives in New York, and he, the son has already started going to school in L.A., 
And so it's like, it's all about like, it's really mainly about the custody battle type stuff. And it's really sweet because like you don't really root against either of the parents. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if anyone, the, the um, divorce lawyers are the real villains. And even then huh. they're not necessarily villains, but it's just like, you care about both of the people. So when these lawyers yeah. are trying to take something from these people you care about, you're not happy about it. Because at the end of the day, the lawyers are just doing their job. Right. You know what I mean? Did you see the movie? I started watching it, um, and just because of some personal things in my life, it was a, it was a little raw. <laughs> so I was like, uh, okay, I have to I have to revisit this in about a month. Yeah. Um, but it. It is a powerful film. I feel like it's this generation's, um, just going back a little bit, this generation's Kramer versus Kramer, which was another movie about a couple kind of like breaking up and, again, dealing with uh, a custody battle in regards to that. Um, I don't think the, as much as this is about the custody battle, I think the what is celebrated about this movie more so is the characters the characters and how their exploration of how uh, of how their marriage came to this point right um, which is not necessarily the the story of Kramer versus Kramer um, now would you say that it's more powerful or less powerful than War of the Roses oh it's more powerful than War <laughs> of the Roses have you have you ever seen what a, a weird movie La La Land yeah it's remember you know how at the end of La La Land this is a spoiler for La La Land but you know how at the end of the La Land you kind of want them to get together? Yeah. But they can't be together, and you know why? Yeah. That's how this movie is for the whole movie. Okay. So it's like it's real sad because yeah. like you want them to stay together, but you also totally understand why these two people have things about them that don't work together. Yeah, interesting. There's one scene, too, where they're yelling at each other. Oh, that's and, the scene everybody is. Yeah, and it's like I... That scene alone is like, huh, this does deserve to win awards. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will say that... Um, I've already like very quickly become a huge Adam Driver fan as yeah. an actor. That's what I was getting ready to ask. It's Scarlett Johansson and blank. Yeah, and Adam, it's Driver. Adam Driver. Um, and mm. so it would it did not surprise me to see him and me, you know, like being affected by his acting in this film. Um, but I've always been kind of like hit or miss with Scarlett Johansson, yeah. but she's good in it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I remember starting off being real impressed by Scarlett Johansson, and then over the years, to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she but, get, yeah sorry keep going no no yeah but I I also love Adam Driver, um, but it, it is when I see having not seen the film yet mm -hmm. I see the cast and I go it's an interesting choice yeah it was it's so great because um Scarlett Johansson there's another scene where she's hiring her divorce lawyer and she has it feels like it's a one shot take for like minutes where like mm. she's kind of describing how oh, she's yeah. come to this point mm. and like she's sitting on the couch talking about it and then she like gets up and goes to get a drink of water and then comes back and sits down and she like at like one point like dabs her eyes and stuff and she's giving this monologue this whole time wow. and it's like really great really yeah um i've really been enjoying I, I love stuff like that where it's just slice of life uh exploration of the human condition um and relationships and stuff like that so i'm really looking forward to watching that now that i know more about it yeah and um there's a couple of television shows that I've really enjoyed. Um, uh, what's the one you... T uh, sex, sex, sex Education. Sex Education is kind of interesting. And then um, there was one with Tony Collette. Oh. Um, is that the... Uh, ooh, 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 not the oh, what is it? It was on... Oh, God. The United States of Terror? Nope. 
Wanderlust. Wanderlust. Yes. Wanderlust yes. is another one, um, which I really enjoyed. It's another slice of life, kind of trying to figure yourself out after an event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even more recently than that, there was another one where, um, yeah, the uh, Mrs. Fletcher, starring Catherine Hahn, which just came out le- the, yeah. less than five months ago. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's a very recent show. And that's another sort of... Um, Slice of life. Slice of, of life, where she is has been divorced, but now her son is going to college, and she's finding herself by herself for oh, the first time okay. ever. Empty okay. nest syndrome, mm-hmm. and then she's also exploring this new discovery of her sexuality every mm. episode. So great. Anyway, we're diverging. Number two, get out. Oh, you son of a! Come on, dude. I have not looked at your list. You. I have not looked at your list. Uh, I swear to God, JD, I uh, do not look at your list. All right, tell, I'm sorry. tell us about Get Out. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, Get Out is just all that, and then some. It's, it's the directorial debut of Jordan Peele. Um, it is a a socio political horror film in every step of the way. Um, it is. It is a mind melt melt of yeah. a movie. Uh, it is topical. It is it is bracing. It is effective. It is fantastically acted. It is funny. It is tension filled. Um, it all deals with you know this this uh, this couple who seem like. You don't know how they came together, but somehow they've come together, and then they go to visit her parents. Mm-hmm. And that's as much as I can say, except that one is black and one is white. As far as the couple, you'll figure out which is which when you see the movie. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It's it's just oh my god, and the, the mystery that it, it, it unfolds in this in this film. It is. Oh, it is gripping. So, so gripping. So it is the movie that you when you went to see it in the movies, it was the topic of conversation for weeks. Yeah. I mean, it it very few very it's very seldom you leave a movie theater and you are just still talking about this movie the next morning. Yeah. And then you realize that everyone that went to see it that they were waiting for you so they could just yell, yo, thank you. Yeah. Oh my God. For sure. It was. It's, it's insane. Great Coming movie. from just a horror fan standpoint, it's rare to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate it. I, this was on my list as well. As um, we'll call it my number two. Sure. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised when I heard that um, Jordan Peele was going to be doing a horror movie. I went, what? Yeah. That's his first bitch. one, right? Um, yeah, it was his first uh, first film, I yep. think, right? Yeah, uh, I did love him in Jordan uh, Key and Peele, one of my favorite skits uh, skit shows of all time. Uh, and so I was curious. I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess we'll see how this goes." And I was knocked out of my socks right into my seat. It was wonderful. I've watched it several times since then. It is still as effective as it was at the very end. You still kind of cheer a little bit. Yes. Um, his best friend is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never really, I don't think I spent much time with Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya before. Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was great. Um, yeah, man, uh, everything about this, the score. Oh, man, even just the trailer. When the trailer dropped and they did that thing that now is very commonplace where they'll use a sound Cue. effect yeah. from uh, the scene and loop it in such a way that it becomes a score. Yes. Um, 
beautiful. That the the stirring of the tea and the tink tink. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes still. Yes. I'll tell you what. I was well deserved. So affected by this movie, and I was so impressed that I was the movie of 2019. I think for me was supposed to be Us, and I, I was so excited. Um, that I was a little disappointed that us felt like a step backward and not a step forward. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, man, great, great movie. Number, were we number ones? Are we? Well, no, because you used that, you read That's that. That's my one. number two. So actually, it goes back to Brandon Me, yeah. for his number one. Yeah, we're number ones. Mm. Oh, I, I thought you were about to say one on Pile no, 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 no. You can cut this out. I, I wish I'd. It doesn't matter. I shouldn't have said the social network, but I did, so it's on there now. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm looking You're at my thinking? list, and I have honorable mentions, and I'm like, that should have been in and the I, real list, but it doesn't matter. Booksmart. Oh, I just watched it. It's great. Go I on. I love it. I love it so much. Directed I was actually. By... Uh, Olivia Wilde. Yes. Uh, in fact, one sec. I'm going to look up the people in Booksmart. It was. I know yeah, Beanie Feldstein. And type, type, typing, he's doing some stuff. Oh my god, Caitlin Dever, sure, and also Billy Lord, who is um, Ca- oh. Princess Leia's daughter, yeah, but what's her real name? Um, Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> Carrie Fisher's daughter, yeah. Um, yeah, Caitlin Dever, Princess Leia, and Beanie Feldstein star in this movie about these two girls who were real smart in high school, they studied, they studied real hard. And they feel they kind of are kind of annoying because they think they're better than everyone else. Yeah. Because they studied hard and they think, listen, everyone might make fun of us, but at least we're going to good schools. Mm -hmm. And they find out everyone who partied and had fun in school and acted like a normal person are also going to good schools. Yeah. And so now they have decided that they're going to try and they're going to go to a party for their on graduation night and they're going to finally have fun because they're going to be their reward. Mm -hmm. And I just really like this movie because like. I have never seen a movie that felt so much like school for me personally. Oh, uh, okay. Um, in that there's no real like animosity between anyone. It's like some of the other kids don't like the main girls because they're mean, but no one goes out of their way to make someone else's life worse. Right. Which is the experience I had at school where like no one was like, like people, some people didn't like others, but if you didn't like someone, you just avoided them. You didn't like, try to make their life worse in any way. Yeah. And so that's something I really liked about this is that all of the characters are dealing with their own. Right. And they're dealing with their own problems in their own lives and no one's messing with anyone else. Yeah. I I feel you on that. I haven't seen that movie, but just that's the word on the street of that movie that it it feels very just like real lifelike and real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To be fair, I've seen a lot of people say that it's unrelatable because I mean, the kids are very wealthy by the way. Oh yeah. Like one kid throws himself a party and it's just him and his sister on a yacht yeah like they're definitely very wealthy but like the core of like how the characters act was relatable to me personally mm-hmm. so where yeah. are they where's the movie set like what is it set in like california or something like that i think so i forget exactly where oh, it's based on i think the high school olivia wilde went to so yeah oh i mean to be fair like i went to a private school so it might be different than how some so that's why are. you can relate no but i'm saying like I've heard other people say that, like there is a lot of like bullying and stuff at their schools, and this isn't how people act. Mm-hmm. But to mm. me, this is this was more relatable. Okay. Um, as someone who grew up watching sort of, I want to call them raunchy teen comedies. Um, That's what they were. This felt like oh, we it's one of those, but with women. Yeah. Made for and by women. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I thought it was just as funny as those other ones I grew up watching, but um, I felt less raunchy. Um. Okay. All right. Uh, something tells me 
And I haven't seen it. It was less raunchy. It was probably, yes. Yeah, I'm sure it was less <laughs> raunchy. Um, there's no scene where all he did, one kid can only draw penises. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was just as good as those other films, which I right. watch and then go, I have a feel good, a good feeling about it. And then I just kind of don't think about them ever again, mm-hmm. unless I'm quoting it or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a nice madcap romp of like teen hijinkery. Yeah. Which I always enjoy. So yeah, it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Um, number one, Len. Len, what's your number one? I guarantee this is not on your list. It can't be. All right. Now, mind you, these films are, we're not listing them in order. So this is not my favorite movie I know of the what 2010s. It is. But it is a movie that when I think back on it, I just really liked it. And it was silly and it was stupid. I know what it is. Oh, I can't. I have no idea. You think you know what it is? I do. What is it? Teen Titans go to the movies? No. Oh, oh thank God. It is not Teen oh, Titans man. go to the Whew. movies. You like that movie more than you thought. True, <laughs> but not that much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that no. would have been flabbergasted. Out of the whole freaking decade, <laughs> like, creeped into the top five? No. The decade was decidedly better in movies that I could come up with much more movies than I like. No, I'm interested. Teen Titans go to the movies. Such as Martin Scorsese's The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. I don't know. Did not see this coming. Nobody saw this coming. <laughs> I didn't see this coming. But when I look back on over the films over the decade, and there's quite a few. There's a, there's a lot in my honorable mention. But you know what? I laughed out loud at that movie yeah. so many times. The story of Jordan Belfair and how he just got over on people with that whole like junk bond thing and mm-hmm. um I think it was real it was fun to see fun Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. again. There's a scene in the movie where Leonardo DiCaprio is like high <laughs> on drugs and trying to get to his car that is still yeah. s- one of the single most funniest things I've ever seen. The physical in the comedy in that scene. Yes, and I didn't I would never thought that Leo had it mm-hmm. in him. That's the movie that introduced me to Margot Robbie who took pretty much a thankless role in that movie and she pops yeah. in that movie god bless her she's really good she's yeah. really good people don't give her enough yet. credit i yeah. love jonah hill in that movie i With love fake teeth yes i love uh, matthew mcconaughey in that movie oh yeah um it, it was just it's just a funny funny movie yes is it crass yes is it very boorish yes is it misogynistic yes but that is what the story is telling mm-hmm. um and it and it does have its own commentary on that type of behavior. Um, it's just it's just funny. I love it. What a fun pick! I never would have considered that. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, I don't give a shit about this movie. I don't care about um, what's the boy boy man's name, Leonardo DiCaprio. I never cared about him. I didn't I, I, look. It's 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 rich white people, just getting over on people and, and making their monies illegally and I just I, I, I hate I hate you those really stories you relate to movies where the where there aren't good people I right, feel right everybody is evil in this movie um, but that being said I've been thinking recently maybe I should go back and revisit it because a lot of the performances were very good I really did enjoy the performances but watching this guy just get over and get over and mm-hmm. get over and get over um, and like scam people out of their money 
it just hurts me in such a way that I'm just like, fuck, fuck these people. But um, he gets his comeuppance. Yeah. Does yeah. he? I Wasn't guess. he like he's like raining still out money there. on the people who were arresting him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. But they were arresting him. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So. Yeah, but I, I think I think it is a fun movie. That's mm-hmm. um, a little silly, and the performances are great. So uh, I do want to revisit it. Same thing. I was just thinking about Leo for another. I was going to rewatch the bear movie. Nope, I haven't seen that yet. I would like to. <laughs> What's the bear movie? The Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah. The Revenant. I want to see that. It's my favorite Christmas movie. It's your favorite Christmas movie, says Kristen. Wow. Before we move on, Kristen's getting ready to leave. Kristen Kid of uh, Kristen Kid Photography. Do you have Do you have one last one you want to mention for the 2010s, or was that it? Oh man, I just man, I'm sick. <laughs> I, just, I don't. No, nope. no pressure. No. Nope. All right, all right. Well, GT He's not firing on all cylinders. The only thing that I've been, <laughs> the only thing I've been thinking is how every gift that I send you from now on is just gonna be like Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> so it can trigger your rage. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I hope you feel better, you jerk. <laughs> um. So, oh, the other th- no one I wanted to watch, Catch Me If You Can. Hmm. I, I just rewatched that movie. Ah! That is such a fun movie. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Him and him going up against Tom Hanks. Hanks, yeah. Oh, that, that's that's a really fun movie. Yeah, um, and, and you forget Christopher Walken's in that movie. Yeah, as the dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Uh, my number one, quote unquote, uh, another one of my top five of the 2010s, Hereditary. Okay. Uh, I knew this would not be on anyone else's list. Um, this was awesome. Uh, I was, ag- again, the same way that we were talking about earlier, a trailer using sound effects from the movie to create an atmosphere and a, um, a rhythm, uh, a tension mm-hmm. in their trailer. The little girl's yeah. that she does um, and stuff like that and the score is is eerie and creepy and the little kid is eerie and creepy uh, there's so much about that movie that I find unsettling and there's a lot of bold choices that the director makes that I've never seen any other director make before um, Ari oh, Aster Ari Aster thank okay. you who also did Summer Midsummer Midsummer, Midsummer. Midsummer yeah Ari Aster, yeah. Um, there's a scene there where something, just the worst fucking thing happens. And the director makes a choice to follow the little, the boy mm-hmm. uh, in the car. Um, and you can hear everything that happens around him. And you're just sitting with him as he goes in and goes to bed. Oh, wow. And uh, that scene sticks with me to this day. Um, it's it's gory, uh, without I don't think being overly so. Okay, not like porn. About no, it. not it's not gore porn. Um, and just the Tony Collette's performance in this movie is you can't take your eyes off her. She's mm-hmm. so good. I remember when I first saw her in The Sixth Sense, I was like, oh, she's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And then through every role she's in, she just nails it. She's a very underrated actress. So, hardcore. Because yeah. you, you shouted her out for Wanderlust, but mm-hmm. we, we also mentioned, Brandon mentioned, the uh, very slept-on show that she did, The United States of Tara, yep. um, where she has to play like multiple personalities and everything yeah. like that. Oh, she, she's no joke. Yeah, she's great. And she really brings it all mm-hmm. for this role. And um, I, I've watched it three times now. 
and uh, it does not lose any of its effectiveness. Um, uh, Is that the horror movie for the for the tens? Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, yeah, and Get Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what about uh, the Quiet Place? That was good. Hmm. That was good. It was. I liked it a lot. It was not these two movies. Hmm. These are next level movies. These yeah, are next level horror. Because Get Out, because like we said, just became like this conversation piece for like almost like a month mm-hmm. in cinema. Like even if you didn't like horror movies, yeah. you, you felt like if, like Get Out became like that horror movie like that, you have to go see. Yeah, I felt like all three out. of them had that though. Well, the yeah. thing about Her- Hereditary that I will say is Hereditary is the horror movie that people just keep talking about. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one that it just seems to stay with people. Yeah. Because of how good it is, how good the story is, um, like everything about it, like, and that's the one that seems to always be on like people's top ten lists. It might be on some of their like ten of all time. Lists. Yeah, um, I think the difference between Get Out and Hereditary is that Get Out I recommended to everyone. Right. Hereditary was such that I recommended it to a few people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not something I would tell my mom to go see, mm-hmm. but I did tell her to go see Get Out. Okay, sidekicks and henchmen, I hope you enjoyed the first half of Gutter Talk's rundown of our favorites from the 2010s. Tune in later this week for our second half, where we run down our favorites from TV and comic books from the years 2010 to 2020. Until then, you can hit us up at JD's Hero Complex at gmail.com, blacktribbles at gmail.com. You can find our show for your download of streaming pleasure any place and every place that you find podcasts. Just look up Gutter Talk. It's got its own feed. And while you're doing it, leave us a five-star ranking and a review because that helps people find our show. Until later.